Author and Holocaust survivor Elie Wiesel said that we could never compare our suffering with someone else's. Our suffering, our pain, and our hurts are unique and valid. How would the way we interact with those we struggle to like be different if we asked the question of them, where do you hurt? And we took it seriously. Welcome to Sermons for a Critical Faith, a ministry of First Presbyterian Church in Lincoln, Nebraska, where faith is nurtured, curiosity encouraged, diversity welcomed, and all are loved. I'm Pastor Sue Collar, and today, as part of our I've Been Meaning to Ask series, we look beyond the masks we wear out in public to discover what we hide underneath. We hope this series helps you disrupt assumptions, cultivate curiosity, foster listening, and God willing, find deeper connections to one another. First, let's hear a reading from the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. All right, I'm Elizabeth Becker. I was born into this church uh, as the daughter of Fred and Carlene Miller and the sister of Caroline Miller and now Julie Van Meter. And I'm now the uh, happy aunt of Emily and Lydia Van Meter. Oh, and sister-in-law of Nate, sorry, Nate. There was a certain man uh, of Ramathim, a Zophite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, who was son of Jeroam, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives, the name of one was Hannah, and the name of other was Penana. Penana had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man used to go up year by year to his town to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where, his two, where the two sons of Eli, Hopni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to his wife, Penina, and to all of her sons and daughters, but to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. Her rival used to provoke her severely, to irritate her, because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year after year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. Her husband, Elinus, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart sad? Am I not enough? Am I not more than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunk at Shiloh, Hannah rose and presented herself before the Lord. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She made this vow, O Lord of hosts, if you'll only look on the misery of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give your servant a male child, then I will set before him, I will set him before you as a Nazarite until the day of his death. He shall neither drink wine nor intoxicants, nor ra and no razor shall touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying silently, and only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard, and therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you make a drunken spectacle of yourself? Put away your wine. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord. I am a woman deeply troubled. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, 
but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation all this time. Then Eli answered, Go in peace. The God of Israel grant the petition you have made to him. And she said, Let your servant find favor in your sight. Then the woman went to her quarters and ate and drank with her husband, and her countenance was sad no longer. He was such a strong person. He had it all together. He had a wonderful family. He had a great job, a family that loved him, friends. And then one day his wife came home from work, and he'd killed himself. No one saw it coming. She was struggling. Work wasn't going well. Her stress level was through the roof, but she didn't want anyone to notice. The masks we wear. Pass a friend on the street or even here at church, you know, how's it going? Fine. Even though we may be anything but fine. I can't tell you how many people I've counseled over the years who've had deep hurts, but they didn't want anyone to know. For some, it was about keeping up appearances. For others, it was about uh, shame or embarrassment. And let's be honest, there, there are people who see our pain and they take a perverse pleasure in making that pain worse. So it's not always safe to let people see where you hurt. And of course, who are we to complain anyway when so many other people have it so much worse off than we do? So we wear our masks. We go about our days as if, if, as if uh, everything were fine. And yet inside of us, there's a piece of us that just longs to be seen. Author and activist Ruby Sales, in an interview with Krista Tippett uh, on her NPR show On Being, describes a moment when she was it, was, it was a morning, she was getting her locks washed and her daughter came in. She'd been hustling all night, she had sores all over her body, she was in just a state, drugs, Ruby said. And Ruby said, something said to me, ask her, where does it hurt? So I said, Shelly, where does it hurt? And just that simple question unleashed territory in her that she had never shared with her mother. She talked about having been a victim of incest. She talked about all the things that had happened to her as a child. She literally shared the source of her pain. And that's when Ruby realized there was a spiritual dimension to her work. There is a spiritual dimension to our hurts and our pain. They live close to the core of who we are. They impact how we experience life, how we walk through this world, how we relate to others. But we are afraid, or we have been trained, to bury them. Sometimes even until we ourselves can't identify our own hurts, and we really do believe it when we say, I'm fine. But imagine how it would feel if if someone were to truly see where you hurt and honor that, if someone were to ask you, where do you hurt? And you knew it was safe to answer. Hannah's story is an especially powerful one for women today because so often 
women have had to wear masks and pretend that they were fine, that nothing hurt, that all was okay. Because so often our hurts have been dismissed, both the physical ones and the mental and the spiritual ones. I told you a, a month or so ago about a friend who had a traumatic brain injury and was, she was diagnosed with hysteria. It's like the ultimate dismissal. And as women know, so often when we go to the doctor with a complaint, we're dismissed as if we are, are making a mountain out of a molehill or we don't know what we're talking about or we aren't taken seriously. I've had that happen myself. Many women carry the grief of miscarriages and yet even your friends don't understand the continuing depth of that loss. Rather than ask, where do you hurt? They just assume you're fine and you, you dutifully put on that mask. Hannah took off her mask. She poured out her anguish, first to God. In fact, her anguish, uh, anguish was so tangible that Eli actually thought she was drunk and lectured her. Ever see someone who maybe is suffering from a mental health issue or, or maybe they're just being rude or mean and you just like mentally discard them, you, you write them off? Well, Hannah would not be so easily discarded. She had found the courage to tell God where she hurt and now she found the courage to tell Eli. And Eli realized in that moment that Hannah wasn't a woman who drank too much or too early in the day, but, but someone who carried a deep pain. And he bid her peace. Wholeness in her hopes, healing for her hurts. That moment, uh, that moment changed both Hannah and Eli. Hannah received the gift of being seen and not overlooked. I'm sure, I hope you have experienced that at some point in your life and you know how powerful it is when someone looks at you and actually sees you and not the mask you've been forced to wear. And Eli gained a window into the suffering of another human being. Poet Sonia Reese Taylor says that we only understand pain from the depths of the well from whence we've experienced it. We all drink from different wells, so we, we only understand our pain and our hurts from our own experience. But when we begin to see others' experiences, when we begin to see the hurt that others carry, it actually expands our capacity to bear our own hurts because we now have a context in which to put it in. We see that none of us has made it through life without scars. None of us is without our own unique pain, and the depths of our wells are different. In the Gospel of Mark, uh, Jesus has an encounter with a woman who's been hemorrhaging for 12 years. She, she has carried the pain of being cut off from her family and her friends. She has, has been hurt, having people turn her away because she is ritually unclean in, in her society, that was like the worst thing that could ever happen to you is that you were religiously unclean or unholy. And it was a shame to be out in public if that was you. She has been carrying this for 12 years. She had to have disguised herself to go into that crowd uh, or else she wouldn't have been allowed to be there. But she went into a crowd of people 
determined to do whatever it took to reach Jesus because she knew that somehow he could heal her. Now, so often in that story, we focus on her determination to reach Jesus. But I'm more interested in the fact that Jesus was there in the first place. You know, where do we find Jesus? Well, as Reverend Brittany Fiscus Van Rossum, she's pastor of Mercy Community Church in Atlanta, Georgia, says, we find him in the midst of human life with all its hurting. He is in the press of the crowd and the sweaty human bodies and the scent of a woman's blood. And Jesus stops. And he listens. He sees and he listens to this long hurting woman. As if pain were not something to be ashamed of, but something we all experience. We all hurt. Even if we try to hide it, even if we don't want to acknowledge it, it's something we all experience. Your hurt might be the sins of your past. Might be something you suffered at the hands of another. Might be something you've done that, that you are embarrassed about or, or feel shamed by. Might be the scars of a lifetime of put-downs. Or the bruises gained simply by trying to get by or get ahead. Your pain, your hurt may even be the masks you wear. Because wearing those masks and pretending that all is well when it's not, it's really hard. Imagine how it might feel if you didn't have to wear that mask. If you could take it off, really be seen, and have your hurts honored. That's what Jesus did that day in the crowd. He saw and acknowledged the hurts around him. And he sees and acknowledges yours. You are not invisible to Jesus. Wouldn't it be nice if we weren't invisible to others, too? I'm not sure I would recommend sharing your secret hurts and pains and fears with everyone because not everyone's going to honor them. But some will. So pay attention when someone asks you how you are. Last week, we talked a little bit about curiosity. Dr. Raj Nadelia, New Testament uh, yeah, New Testament professor at Columbia Theological Seminary, said that when people ask him questions, he has to determine, are they asking because they want to put him in a box so they can dismiss him, or are they really curious? He points out that the Latin word for curiosity means diligence, and it's related to the word for care. So if someone is asking diligently because they truly care about you, then you might risk taking off your mask. You might risk letting them really see you. Because only then can they stand with you. Only then can they help you. Only then can they pray for you or simply be with you. Because if they can't see you, if you won't let them see you, they don't know what you need. They don't know where you hurt. I can guarantee you that if they are truly curious in the best sense of the word, they're offering you a gift beyond measure. And you don't want to reject that gift. Because we all need to be seen. 
in the sermon notes, uh, which you can find if you're watching on Sunday morning, it's, there's a link next to this video. If you're watching later in the week, um, during the week we've preached, it's on our, our website there. There's a picture, and it's called Scene. It's by Reverend Leslie Gwynne Garrity, and the picture is of Hannah. And Garrity says, in the presence of her pain, she grits her teeth, she pours out her heart before God, and insists that we see her. Most of us don't insist that people see us, and we need to be invited, but Hannah insists that we see her. And that caused Garrity to ask some questions. She said, when I look at this image, I remember when I have been Penina. Whose pain have I mocked? I remember when I have been Elkanah. Whose pain have I questioned? And I remember when I have been Eli. Whose pain have I dismissed? We live in the midst of human life, and it's hurting. We live in the press of sweaty human bodies and the scent of blood. Hannah's story reminds us to consider not just where we hurt, but just how curious are you about the people around you? Do you care enough to ask, where do you hurt and receive their story? I'm honored when someone shares with me the gift of themselves. I know it's risky because the hurts we hide, we hide because they're tender. And to bring them out into the open risks further injury. So when someone shares where they hurt with you, that's a holy moment. And it is in such sharing that healing is found. Hannah discovered that. The woman with the hemorrhage discovered that. Ruby Sales' daughter and Ruby Sales herself discovered that. I hope you've ha also had that experience of someone asking you, where do you hurt? And discover that yourself. I invite you this week to consider that question. Where do you hurt? What are you hiding? What are you ashamed of? What weakness do you have that you think others are going to torment you for? Know that your hurts are nothing to be ashamed of. It's part of being human. And in a way, it's kind of what connects us to each other because we all know hurt. So where do you hurt? And then be curious. And don't be afraid to ask someone else, where do you hurt? And then receive their story. And let it be their story. Don't try to fix anything. Don't try to make them feel better. Oftentimes that actually makes them feel worse because while you're trying to make them feel better, you're often missing what they're actually saying. Just receive the gift of their story and let God's healing flow into that moment and do what it will. In just a moment, we're going to hear a song, I Want Jesus to Walk With Me. We recorded this in an earlier service. 
The title makes it sound like it's something we hope for. It's like, Jesus, I really hope you'll walk with me. But the reality is, is he already sees us and he already walks with us. He knows where we hurt and his healing flows whenever we open up to him. Just know that sometimes he walks with us in the form of someone else who with care and diligence just might ask, where do you hurt? May God grant us the wisdom and the courage to take off our masks and to share our stories with one another. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can access all of our previous episodes on Anchor or your favorite source for podcasts. Find out more about us at fpclincoln.org or join us on Facebook.